Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. Hello, my name is Kelly Brownell. I'm the director of the Rudd Center for Food Policy and Obesity at Yale University. Our guest for the second of two podcasts is James Tierney, former Attorney General of the State of Maine and director now of the National State Attorneys General Program at Columbia University Law School, and a person with tremendous experience in the role the law can play addressing health issues, particularly with respect to the State Attorneys General. So, Jim, delighted to have you here. It's great to be here, Kelly. So we recorded a podcast just a few moments ago on the role that the state AGs played in the tobacco wars. And so let's turn our attention now to nutrition and obesity-related issues. Um, I guess the public probably wouldn't think that, think necessarily of an attorney general as somebody who might want to take on these issues, but some of the state attorneys general are, our attorneys general are interested, and I know that you've been particularly interested in this. So why don't we start with a broad question. Uh, is this something that the attorneys general can address in a beneficial way? Well, let's start with an even broader question. Um, we have an epidemic. We have a health epidemic which is uh, tearing across our country. Uh, it is endangering the lives of, of millions of Americans, especially children and especially low-income people. The, the primary problem here is a function of economics in many, in many cases. Uh, and so whenever you know, our neighbors are in pain, um, all of us who, who care about the public and who hold the public trust uh, feel that same kind of pain. I mean, we have to, you feel like you really have to do something. Attorneys general have a culture to action. They're, they're not someone who just says, oh, that's interesting, that's too bad. Uh, they want to do something about it, whether it's a drug dealer on the street corner, whether it's uh, you know, a teacher who's not doing his or her job in the school, whether it's a corrupt public official, you want to do something. So an attorney general will look at the obesity crisis and say, gee, you know, what can we do here? So that's why really they're interested. It's not because it's any of them campaigned on it or it's part of their core duty. It's saying this is a problem. What tools do I have in my toolbox that might be able to make a difference? So some of the early actions of the attorneys general in this area have differed from one another, and there are quite different strategies AGs may take. Could you explain what some of those are and maybe even some examples of what's happened so far? There are a few examples, but what's most important is that um, in this particular issue, unlike tobacco, unlike global warming lawsuits, the attorneys general are really not alone. In, in this situation, they fully understand that there are many, many people uh, who, who are concerned about the uh, obesity crisis. In fact, every, everyone is. I mean, they may have different strategies, but it's not like some other issues where you pretend, well, global warming doesn't exist or, you know, sort of, uh, you know, flat earth philosophy, but there's some people who say that. Obesity, everybody knows it. You, you can't miss it. And so a smart attorney general who looks at this issue says, I've got a lot of allies out here. Um, first of all, I have many, many low private citizens who just believe in this strongly. You, you can't walk through a food market or a, a grocery store or a farmer's market without seeing that there are millions of Americans who get it. Um, secondly, you have a federal government which is committed to doing something about this. And our food policy is a combination of misguided federal subsidies and uh, uh, in all sorts of things that, that can only be resolved at the federal level. So if you're an attorney general, you're going to say, I'm not going to step on the school board who's doing the right thing, and I'm not going to get in the way of the federal government. I'm going to try to help them both. And that's, uh, the reason I emphasize that is that that's very important because most people think, well, you're an attorney general, you're going to sue someone. And I think in this area um, that's, uh, that's probably um, – that's probably not likely, but that doesn't mean AGs won't be active. 
So this idea of a, the AGs working with state agencies and things like that, are there any examples of this well, actually well, happening? Well, now? there are many. First of all, uh, the state attorney general is the counsel for the state health agency, the governor, and the legislature. That advice is generally tendered confidentially. So it's important for anyone who's, for example, an anti-obesity advocate to contact your attorney general, but you may never see the results of your work. Um, but the attorney general will be giving private advice to the health agency. You know, have you maybe you should do this, or maybe you should rework that legislation and draft it. Let me help you draft it in a certain way. So all advocacy is not public, and just because you don't see it doesn't mean it isn't happening. Um, it, may, it may come out in a speech by the governor that was actually drafted by the attorney general. So that's the first thing you have to feel comfortable with. Um, but of course, AGs are elected officials. Um, there are 43 of them are elected statewide, and they're all pretty independent uh, bunch, believe me, uh, I talk to them all the time, uh, and uh, both political parties, they, they, and they like to have their way. And so what, what can an attorney general do? And there are two, two states that have taken different approaches, which will give you kind of the, the, the range. Uh, I think that's where you want to go, but I wanted to frame it up a little bit here, Kelly. Um, one was there was a very serious issue emerged just before Labor Day of 2009 in which the, uh, the food industry uh, had rolled out a, uh, a, an industry-based labeling system that said, uh, in, said this was a smart choice, and there were smart choice labels on all kinds of food packages. And it immediately appeared to a number of attorneys general um, that, uh, that this was unfair and deceptive advertising because it just didn't feel right, that the science behind this didn't sound like, you know, various high-sugar cereals should be a smart choice for anybody. So um, a number of the AGs talked about it. Uh, they were in contact with the Rudd Center here at Yale. They are in contact with me. And collectively, they decided that the Connecticut Attorney General ought to, ought to run with this thing, and, and he took the lead. And so he just wrote a letter to the food industry and said, what's this all about? He had a press conference, um, and he made the point that this doesn't sound right, and if you don't do something about it, I'm going to maybe start asking for a lot more internal details and, and get your internal records on uh, and, and so, so it was a kind of a confrontational approach. And it also spurred the federal government to act. Uh, they didn't want to see the Attorney General of Connecticut getting ahead of them. And so the food and drug people, the, the federal people came in and said, um, you know, they started asking the same questions and the industry folded and, and, and took it down. So one approach is kind of a, I'm on my own here. I'm the Attorney General. I'm going to do this. I'm going to sort of threaten you. I'm not going to sue you, but I might. Uh, that's one approach, very confrontational. Um, the second approach is being followed. Before uh, we get to that, can yeah, I ask sure. one question? So you mentioned the fact that a number of the state attorneys general were interested in the smart choice topic and thought there might be a legal basis for moving ahead, but Connecticut's attorney general was the one who took the lead. Not surprising that he happened to be the one because he's a very active veteran mm -hmm. attorney general, Dick Blumenthal. But what? Uh, why not have a bunch of the attorneys general do it in concert? Would that give it more strength? Well, that was the next step. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you, you want to, um, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you, you want to build the heat up slowly. And so uh, you have one attorney general perhaps make a public statement and then two or three other attorneys general maybe write a private letter to the same companies and say, gee, we, we've received a copy of uh, Attorney General Blumenthal's letter. Uh, we have some concerns. And, and if you're the defense lawyer now, let me play lawyer a little bit. You're the defense lawyer for these companies. They go, they're looking at each other. They know the tobacco story. And they say, well, it starts with Blumenthal. 
tobacco started with Mississippi. I mean, who thought Mississippi was going to end up in changing the world? And they look at each other, and they're smarter now than they were when they were representing the tobacco industry. And, of course, for all the issues with obesity, it's not as dangerous as tobacco. I mean, cigarettes are, are a product which will if kill you if you use them as directed. Uh, that's not true of the other products. It's a, it's a question of excess and moderation and other issues. It's not inherently evil. But these lawyers go, wait a minute. If it's one today and we have these two letters, it's going to be 40 you know, by next year. And so we better take some proactive steps. So you really don't need to have everybody in on the first step. Okay, thank you. Now, you were going to talk about a second approach. Oh, the second general. approach, yeah. The Attorney General of Vermont um, uh, used what the Attorneys General called their bully pulpit. Now, Attorneys General, elected officials, they like to make noise sometimes. And, and, and because no one really knows what an Attorney General is, they have a lot of credibility. And so the Attorney General said, I'm going to have a summit. I'm going to have an anti-obesity summit. Everybody's invited. The retailers, the grocers, the soda manufacturers, the local YMCA, the school superintendents, my client agencies, the governor's office, the legislature. And so let's go come in and talk about it. And, and, um, and then we're going to do a report. I'm not going to sue anybody. We're, we're going to do a report. But that report will be out in time so that the individuals, in this case Vermont, who are running for governor, will have to address the contents of the report. It will affect public policy. So here the attorney general is just using his convening authority as opposed to his litigation authority. Well, you sit there and say, why is, how come everybody showed up? You know, because the attorney general did it. I mean, why? So let's, you think about it. Uh, it, it. It's pretty logical. You say, well, why didn't the Speaker of the House do it? Well, if the Speaker of the House do it, did it, he or she would have to talk to the President of the Senate, and they'd have to talk to the chairs of the appropriate committees, and the, and all of a sudden you've got a gaggle in there. Uh, well, why didn't the governor do it? I don't know why the governor didn't do it, and, and the governor could do it. But nobody else on the state level other than the attorney general really has that kind of authority. You say, you better show up. You know, I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know what someone's going to say. You know, I better, I better be in the room to, in case they're talking about me, right? So if you were the head of the superintendent of the schools, for example, you say, gee, we're trying to get the bad food out of the schools. We, we haven't 100% successful. The attorney general's having a summit. I better show up. You know, I mean, who knows what's going to happen, you know? So it creates a little bit of a tension, uh, and it's a, but it's constructive tension, and, and so that's another approach. And, and the great thing, remember, because all attorneys general get together um, all the time. They're emailing all the time. Um, you know, maybe the mayor of Topeka, Kansas, will go to the website of the Rudd Center, um, and hopefully the mayor's listening, um, and so goes to the, and sees about the Vermont initiative and then approaches the Kansas Attorney General and say, have you thought about that? And the Kansas Attorney General, Steve Six, is a great guy. He's a former judge. He's, he calls up the Attorney General of Vermont and says, what's it about? So it moves very quickly um, if, if you're right. And in this case, clearly we are right. We've got to do something about our obesity epidemic and about our food policy, which is so, which is so, so wrong. So it sounds like we've, we're in the early days of the attorneys general being active in this issue. There have been two successful cases of this happening, one in Connecticut with litigation and one in Vermont with a convening power. Where do you see this going? What do you think the future of this might look like? Well, remember, like? we have a federal government here. Uh, I did speak with the attorney general of Vermont um, uh, very recently, and he... he um, he said, well, when we have this report come out, we're thinking of inviting the First Lady to come to Vermont uh, and perhaps Senator Leahy, uh, Senator Saunders uh, might join them. And the governor, of course, would come. 
And and I think you could just see for yourself where this kind of goes. Even though it's a small state, um, you know, one congressional seat, you know, four or five, six hundred thousand people, about the same number of people live on the Upper West Side in New York. But it's, it doesn't make any difference because Senator Leahy is the chair of the Judiciary Committee. You know, all of a sudden, uh, the governor of Vermont is the chair of the National Governors Association. So all of a sudden, you can see even from the small, it's one of the great geniuses of our federal system. All of a sudden, you see emerging from the little state of Vermont. Um, you know, uh, something that could really happen. Now, California has over 50 congresspeople, and, um, you know, Vermont has one. But uh, Vermont may end up take, making the real national statement that could move uh, that could move the federal government, could support the president in the critical time, could f- so frighten, certainly, industrial forces that they divide among themselves and they split off. Um, so, you know, that's, that's what you could do. And this doesn't cost the taxpayers a dime. Um, this obesity summit was everybody got in their own car and drove to, drove to, you know, and did it. It was pretty simple. Good. Well, it feels like we're on the edge of a real breakthrough here because the attorneys general are a new visitor into this domain. Uh, they could have extremely beneficial impact. And so it's so nice that a group like yours at Columbia is helping coordinate this and stimulate it. So I very much appreciate you joining us. Well, thanks. Let me give a plug for my organization. We're the National State Attorney General Program at Columbia Law School. That's stateag.org. You can't forget that one. It's really simple. And we do have health initiatives, but we also work in consumer protection, environment, labor law. But mostly we're there to help attorneys general do a better job. A lot of the things we do for them are private and confidential. Um, uh, They have that right. They need to reach out and get some help once in a while, like we all do. And uh, But they're a fabulous bunch of people, Republicans, Democrats. I've known hundreds of men and women who've held this job. And it's uh, you see you see more courage exhibited by attorneys general every day, frankly, than you see almost any other place in our uh, elected political system. Good. Well, thank you again. Our guest today was James Tierney, former attorney general of the state of Maine and director of the National State Attorneys General Program at Columbia University Law School. Uh, Please visit our website at www.yaleruddcenter.org for a list of a variety of excellent resources on food and food policy issues, free email newsletter that comes out monthly, and a list of the other excellent podcasts that we've recorded. Thank you.